0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Friday, April 21st, 2023. It's 10 o'clock in the morning here on the east coast of the United States, four in the afternoon in Rome, Italy, uh, which is where we find one of our favorite guests, the former uh, British diplomat and current intellectual, I was gonna say former diplomat and intellectual, which is still an intellectual, uh, Alistair Crook. Alistair, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Uh, You and I have both been fascinated uh, with a relatively simple comment made by French President Macron uh, on his jet uh, flight from Beijing back to Paris after spending three days with uh, Chinese leadership in Beijing, where he seemed to have used the words to the effect of, it's time for Europe to separate itself from the American rhythm. He didn't say war, but the implication was rhythm of war. Uh, And from that, Uh, observers have drawn uh, the conclusion of his attempts to lead Europe away from the United States politically and militarily. What kind of a hubbub has this caused?
0: Oh, a big ruckus. A big ruckus, particularly in the United States and to a certain extent in Europe. Um, In fact, some in Europe have called it a betrayal. Um, Curiously enough, they're talking about it as a betrayal of America, Mm. a betrayal of Europeans when he he said these things. As such, it's not so um, uh, uh, very radical to say, let's be equidistant from China and the United States. But the impact has been huge and completely missed because it's not really so much about separating from the United States, And I would argue that that's almost impossible. Uh, That horse left the stable long ago. In fact, it left the stable when Europe went in with sanctions on Russia and went full, full court on sanctions on Russia. The intelligence services told the Europeans, American and British said, listen, it's slam dunk. We just do this and... Russia will collapse. The economy may, will just, collapse. may I just
1: add a, a, another reason to support your conclusion that the horse is out of the barn? The utter and total silence from European leaders over the now well-accepted American destruction of the Nord Stream pipeline. President Putin, who made one of the few honest comments about it, said it's as if... The United States still occupies Germany as it did right after World War II. That's how silent the German leaders and add French, British, Italian, etc., have been over this. But go ahead, please.
0: I think that's I think that's right. I mean, uh, the fever that we saw in twenty two for about Ukraine is breaking slightly in Europe, but the response. The establishment response is basically to insist on uniformity of message, control of messaging, and also um, crackdown on all protests, strong crackdown. If you've watched any of the videos from France, you'll get an idea that they're fairly brutal. Mm -hmm. It's the same everywhere in in Europe, and they're not reported. Um, And it reflects an underlying fear there's a great deal of fear in, in Europe because they fear a financial crisis is imminent. European one, not an American one in this case, in the banking sector. And so at the moment, although it is shifting, it's slow and it's still not possible to have a proper discussion. And Macron emphasized that. No, I don't wait. think anything's going to change in that respect except the one thing everyone missed. Because what it did was open up the fault line between East Europe and Western Europe in the European Union and throw the whole of the European structure into some sort of, if you like, um, crisis.
1: Near crisis. You, you, you have argued in a, in a brilliant piece you recently published, uh, or at least you quote someone else, I think an American intelligence official, uh, as having concluded That the center of gravity of NATO is moving from east to west. It's it's not uh, Berlin or Paris. It's Warsaw. Ironically, NATO's counterpart in those Cold War years was called the Warsaw Pact, and now Warsaw seems to be what calling the shots. Yeah,
0: precisely, precisely. The the pendulum swung uh, uh, to the um, with the advent of. All those former soviet republics into the european union i remember i was working with solana who was the european high representative at the time and i said to you know it's going to be impossible to run a european union with so many different uh if you like interests so many different cultures so many different it was hard enough we were then 12 member states it's now 30 member states some of them come from a very different culture and I think this is what was so, so, has so angered the East Europeans. But from that time, some of the, the United States has, has allied itself closely with the East Europeans. And the East Europeans have effectively become the tail wagging the Brussels dog. They, they control it, I mean, completely. And uh, the weakness of the sort of France, the French-German alliance is, is very obvious. So what what Macron's comments did was really exacerbate this crisis, exacerbate this fault line and all the other fault lines that are are in in Europe. Let me put it in this way, very simply. The Ukraine war, to one extent, has actually reinforced the political culture in Russia at the same time that it is deeply exposing the hollowness of the political culture. Of the European Union and Europe and that is leading to a few like factions and fault lines opening across the European Union. What do you think President
1: Macron was hoping would be the response to his statement?
0: I I think you know he likes to do these sort of philosophical um, uh, comments because he didn't include any sort of suggestion about how to do it how to go about it. It wasn't mentioned in that. And there are huge practical difficulties. It's not going to happen. As I say, we're tied to Washington policy. We were tied the moment all those European states with great enthusiasm said, we're going to sanction Russia and it'll be over in weeks. It'll have collapsed. At that point, there was not really easily any way out. Part of the part of that if you like uh, that process and they can't back out of it so um, I don't I think his idea was actually just to stir this debate in in Europe just open it
1: but not actually to give us proper answer to it he succeeded in doing that recently um, Secretary General Stoltenberg Mm. made what I thought was a rather startling comment I don't think he could have made this without the approval of his American masters, take a listen and tell me what you think. Let me be clear.
0: Ukraine's rightful place is in the Euro-Atlantic family. Ukraine's rightful place is in NATO. NATO stands with you today, tomorrow, and for as long as
1: it takes. I mean, to, to me, that's reckless and almost invites President Putin to go all the way west to the Polish border if that were to happen or if it, uh, if it looks like it was going to happen. Why would he make such a statement in the height of the war?
0: Well, you know, in a sense, um, you've asked, I, I, I've heard you ask people about the off-ramp from this conflict. Yes. And really, I mean, we have repeatedly burnt down off ramp, if there was one, or a potential off ramp, we burnt it down because it's not just about how we see things, it's also how Russia sees things. And in Russia, there has, as I say, been this revival of sort of a nationalistic um, political culture, which is very important. And Putin has been riding that wave very successfully. I mean, Putin isn't naturally from that sector, uh, he was always actually European. and very close to West Europe, but he's had to move, and he's moved, and it's now very much in tune. Of course, there are still the Gorbachev, the Yeltsin faction in Russia, but they are quiescent. They've got nothing to say uh, 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 at the moment. So he cannot negotiate in this position without losing that attribute, which is what keeps him at 80% in the polls. If he does a negotiation which is seen to be weakness by the Russian people, it's finished. So when you ask me about Stoltenberg, I mean, this is part of this what we're having now, this sort of myth-making, where um, both the neocons and military officers say things which are quite ridiculous. I think partly they think, they have this imagination... That Russia somehow is so fragile, so rotten in itself, that just the announcement of this huge, huge offensive that's coming, the Russian troops are going to start panicking and they're going to get frightened, and that they're going to then bring about a crisis in, in Moscow. I mean, it's magical thinking. It's not, I mean, it really is completely out of it. But I think they have this idea that if an authoritative figure says, we're going to, give group mount the biggest offensive since the second world war that this is going to frighten the russian uh, troops on the ground of course it's nonsense
1: right what well, what is the um, if there is such a view the view of the man or woman in the street rome paris berlin london about the war are they fearful are they concerned does life go on as normal
0: you know, to begin with, you, I mean, there was just, I mean, there is even greater control of messaging in the press in Europe than there is in America, if you believe mm-hmm. it. It is much more controlled, and you just get shouted down if you've said anything or made any critical comment. However, now uh, Europeans have begun to notice. They've noticed, uh, first of all, that their industry is slowly being moved out of Europe and is being moved to other locations uh, they've noticed inflation. Uh, they have noticed very clearly um, also um, the sense that uh, 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 that w- what we are seeing is going to be a complete change with paying three to four times the going rate for liquid natural gas for the future completely destroys the competitive basis of our economy. so this is beginning to be noticed. But I think, you know, for a big change to take place here, there has to be a crisis. There will be... It needs the crisis to bring... It needs catharsis to really bring about a a shift in Europe. And catharsis is probably coming. Maybe it'll be coming quite soon with what happens in Ukraine. Um, Maybe there'll be catharsis in the United States, too, at some stage. But I think, at the moment, people are still locked down they can sense there's a change coming. Um, people are very angry. I mean, there's very there's huge anger because the uh, people's livelihoods are being destroyed. So,
1: is is the anger at uh, President Putin because of the perception that this is an unwarranted, unjust uh, invasion of a sovereign country, or is the anger uh, at NATO because of the perception that it has? Uh, delayed the inevitable and and caused hundreds of thousands of deaths along the way?
0: Well, there, there were huge protests in the Czech Republic um, uh, over this last few days. Big, big protests. Well, they normally stand with Ukraine, but these were protests against the government for the stance. There is increasingly the criticism of the government. I mean, it's very basic. They said, you know, what were they thinking? Why did they really imagine that uh, uh, sanctioning Russia was a good idea and that giving up our cheap energy supplies was a good idea and taking liquefied natural gas instead? I mean, what were they thinking? I mean, did they not do any homework? Did they not understand that Russia had changed economically and was not like the
1: 1998 or when there was a a now, financial when, when you say they, you're talking about uh, the leadership of the countries. For, for example, the sanctions were imposed by Joe Biden, not by a great debate in the United States Congress by Boris Yeltsin or whoever was the prime minister of Great Britain at the time. There have been uh, so many, not by a vote of the uh, parliament. These are not necessarily popular or the result of political compromise, their executive decisions made in order to influence the outcome of a war. Am I right? Uh, quite right. And there was no discussion in
0: Europe either. I mean, right. we, and the Europeans were told wrongly by the, this is another of the big intelligence failures that uh, we have seen to them. Listen, it's for sure impose these sanctions and Russia. And you remember at that point at the uh, uh, um, address to the Congress, Biden said the ruble will be rubble. And that was the view, and that was the view in Europe. So there was no discussion and no thought and no analysis about the consequences for Europe because they thought it would be all over so quickly and then it would all go back to normal and then we'd have cheap energy again and it would, be, it would be fine. That's what they were told. No one questioned it. They didn't think it through and they made a catastrophic mistake. And that's dawning on many people, ordinary Europeans. You know, Our leaders have put us in a terrible situation from which there is no escape at the moment.
1: I want to play a, a clip for you of uh, Victoria Newland, the UnderSecretary of State of the United States for Political <laughs> Affairs. That's her official title. Uh, her unofficial title is "The Puppet Master of All things, uh, Ukraine, arguing in favor of an American invasion of Crimea.": There is a drone base in Crimea where the drones that the Iranians have given Russia are being launched from. There are command and control sites in Crimea that are essential for Russia's hold on all of the territory, including the land bridge. There are mass military installations on Crimea that Russia has turned into essential logistics and back office depots for this war. Those are legitimate targets. Ukraine is hitting them. And we are supporting that what does she hope to accomplish with that
0: what they've been looking for for 20 years and they are desperate because it's a window that is fleeting and they fear that it might be shutting the last chance to destroy russia the last chance to provoke the west into a major war with russia and so she and others are pushing this very hard because they they've been expecting it they've been organizing preparing it for a long time and suddenly they this is they know this is the last last opportunity
1: if it's lost they'll never get it again Uh, has there been much coverage of and if so reaction to uh the revelation of secret pentagon uh, documents by this uh, 21 year old airman uh in the media in uh in europe in america it has uh humiliated uh the government exposed it as a liar and so the government's allies in the press have downplayed it it's not on the front pages anymore back in the pentagon papers days if you were to go back on microfiche and look at the New York Times and the Washington Post, it was covered day after day after day, week after week after week. But this story is already uh, on the back pages because the government, persuaded, in my view, has persuaded its uh, buddies in the press, to whom it leaks information when it wants it out there, uh, that this embarrassment uh, needs to be suppressed.
0: It hardly features in your wow. It's been the only place it it features at all is because of Germany and Nord Stream. They see a connection between it. Um, It's only in the sort of on the Internet um, where people speculate uh, Was this? Is this another Lee Harvey Oswald or or are we seeing something, you know, very different? Who is behind it? What is the power play that is taking place in Washington? And what does that mean for Europe? but it's not in the public domain uh, really at all as it is. I, and I see that obviously in the United States. It's very much a, a, a point of issue.
1: Let, let me ask you what you've commented on my asking others, and you and I may have discussed this, one of my favorite phrases, the off-ramp. Does the U.S. have an off-ramp? It's obviously not what Mrs. Newland has just uh, suggested. That's World War Three. But does... The Biden administration have an off ramp. Is there a way for the US to get out of this now that it is apparent that the sixty-eight billion it has spent has not produced the victories it claimed it anticipated?
0: It doesn't, because it's still like the Europeans European leadership, that is, in complete delusion. They imagine an off-ramp consists of providing security we must make uh, ukraine feel safe therefore we have to sort of natoize ukraine again and only then can we then tell russia that it has to leave the country and then there can be some sort of an agreement uh, and of course i mean you know a, a demilitarized U- uh, Kr- crimea with a militarized ukraine is inviting the obvious that it will be invaded and they will try and take it. I mean, there's clearly going to be no take up from uh, Moscow uh, on this. It, the The ideas at the moment are delusional, and that's why I'm saying. Also, you have to pay attention to the politics in Moscow. It is delusional in terms of the politics in Moscow. If there's a change in the Russian popular perception, it is they're saying, you know, uh, why are we still going slow? Why don't we just finish off? Why do mm. we allow? these things to go on in Kiev? Why not just finish this war? Well, the reason is because Russia and Putin, as leader, are playing a slow game, a slow type of Sun Tzu war that is intended. He wants to go to the sort of threshold of war with the West because he wants to push it you know, not to a negotiation about Ukraine. He wants to push it to a negotiation about the original document he gave the Americans, I think it was in December 21, saying we have to have a new security architecture in Europe. We have to have NATO roll back, instead of which we've had uh, NATO rolled
1: forwards into Sweden and Finland. So uh,
0: we're nowhere near that.
1: Um, you're coming to us from Rome. Where will you be the next time you come to us?
0: <laughs> Probably just up the road.
1: <laughs> oh, In all right. All right. I, mis- I misunderstood you. I thought you had, uh, I thought you were traveling back to, um, to great, great Britain. Alistair, it's back. always a pleasure. Have a, have a great week, when We love chatting with you. The, the viewers love it. Uh, it's much. so refreshing, and uh, we'll look forward to chatting next week.
0: Thank you so much.
1: All of the course. best to you. Sure. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.